Hey, this is Ritika, CEO and founder of Rethink Limited. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Genutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. And I have a guest with me today. Her name is Ritika Singh. After a decade of sales and business development roles across the SME and large corporates in a wide range of industries, Ritika now engages with businesses to build their B2B business-to-business strategy, and grow customer bases. She has founded her sales consulting firm, Rethink Limited, uh, earlier this year, which helps businesses grow through sales, leadership, strategy, enablement, and implementation. Described as radically innovative, she is constantly challenging the norm to enhance customer experiences and build successful growth strategies. Alongside her business ventures, Ritika is also keen to prepare people for the future and is always on the lookout for opportunities to enable individuals for success. She is passionate about advancing women in leadership, a circle leader for Lean In Auckland, that's here in New Zealand, and a member of the Super Diverse Women. Ritika is on the leadership committee for the Period Place and 10x10 Philanthropy uh, Auckland, and she also hosts LinkedIn uh, Local here in Auckland in New Zealand, which gives professionals an opportunity to meet with social media connections in person. Hey, Ritika, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me, Dennis. Very excited about this. Yeah, awesome. So I've given the listeners a little bit of background about you. Can you is there anything else you might want to add? Well, it's just that I've had a very unconventional career path, as as you know, and anyone who knows me knows. I actually moved to New Zealand 13 or 14 years ago to train to be a pilot. And so I've spent my first eight years of my career in aviation, not flying planes. I did get a pilot's license, but I spent eight years on the business side of aviation, traveling Asia-Pacific, working with airlines and governments to try and get them um, to send their students to our beautiful country to train here. So... Following that, I moved into management consulting. But the one consistent thing um, I saw through all of it was that organizations struggled in doing sales right. They didn't necessarily focus on relationships. And a lot of the times it was transactional, which has led me to where I am today. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. So it's all transactional, not really in the uh, yep. listening to people, I suppose. I mean, it's, it's just really interesting to see how it goes. And then they, they step back and wonder why it's not working. Yeah. Uh, That's exactly yeah. it. Sometimes they need someone to come in and actually tell them the hard facts that if you keep 
you know, focusing on one thing at a time, you're not actually going to get to the end point. You do need to look at it holistically and be in it for the long run. Yeah. So you've been in leadership roles before? I have, on and off, yes. Yeah, and and how did you get into leadership? It was, <laughs> it was quite natural um, for me. It, it's a bit strange, but I feel like anyone in a sales role does have some form of leadership and does have a leadership element because um, whether it's thought leadership, whether it's leading people, whether it's representing the brand, it doesn't matter. It's all leadership at the end of the day. And so right. for me, um, it began in aviation when when I started traveling, as I said, across Asia Pacific, representing the organization that I worked for and being that voice, you know, which which spoke to airlines and governments and got them to send their future pilots to New Zealand. So that's how my leadership journey began. And then the people leadership element was added. And then when I stepped into management consulting, the thought leadership element was added. So it's, um yeah, there's lots of different facets to leadership. I feel people look at it a lot of the times from one single lens, but there's a lot of mm-hmm. different ways you can approach it. Yeah, cool. So a question I've got for you, which is a little bit probably different for some of our um, guests, but for you, it's about, you know, as a young leader, what what would help you to be successful? Well, what's helped you be successful and what would help our listeners who are young leaders and what would help them be successful? The biggest thing for me is learning on the job. And because right. I went into leadership quite early, um, it wasn't like I had the time to go and do an MBA or do leadership courses or, you know, do the fundamentals of, of leadership. I didn't have time to do any of that. So I learned looking at other people. So mentors and sponsors have been the biggest um, help for me over my career. And also just being open to taking a risk and being open to failing. You're not going to win in every situation. That's just reality, especially when you're a young leader who's been given an autonomous role and has been told you're going to jump into the deep end and figure things out. You're not going to win every time. There are going to be times when you're going to sit back and go, I could have done this better. But that's the important bit where you can talk to a mentor, you can talk to a sponsor, you can talk to your leader and they help you see what you could have done better and then give you the confidence to go away and do it better the next time. Nice. And I think that's really important that what you just said there and shared, because I think that it is important that you do step back and think about and learn from those different scenarios that may have gone well or may not have gone well, but what you can do with it going forward. And you're right. And it's it's really important then to do something with that, which is yes. which is key. And when you talk about mentors and sponsors, for a young leader, where would they find a mentor and sponsor? For me personally, I've always found them within my networks. So for instance, one of the people that... It, um, in my in my previous role, I uh, the CFO, uh, he was the CFO and the CEO, and he mentored me. It was quite happened quite organically because he was my leader. I would report into him anyways. Um, and actually, we we had two leaders. We had a CEO and a COO, and they both ended up mentoring me in different ways. The CEO mentored me in more in the sales and the relationship aspect, whereas the COO mentored me more in the operational aspect of things and how do I think you know, have more structure in my thinking as a leader. Right. How do I yep. look forward and see, can uh, can I meet the demands of tomorrow doing what I am doing today? So I have always reached out to people that I have come across, even if it's just sending them a message on LinkedIn and saying, I, I really respect the work that you've done and I'm learning so much from you. Do you mind catching up for a coffee? Yeah. Most times people say yes. Uh, we have to give something back in return. So I feel, I know a lot of people don't like the term reverse mentoring, but I feel that's quite powerful because we bring, you know, as young leaders, we bring a perspective to the table 
which mature mm-hmm. leaders don't necessarily have and we can share with them okay. um so yeah it's um for me it's happened quite organically uh, it's important that people that mentor me i have a lot of respect for them so i try and stick to people that i know okay great and you mentioned earlier on that about um you found them in your network how how important is it for a young leader whether it's a person who's gone into a leadership role uh, or they're about to go into leadership role how important is it for them to network very 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 important and you have to be consistent with it networking right. isn't something that you can do today and then stop for an entire year and pick up a year later if mm-hmm. you want your network to continue helping you and if you want to get the best out of your network you need to do it consistently i think with with young leaders and especially with me for instance i am purpose driven and so my network is oftentimes it includes people who are aligned with me where values are concerned and that purpose mindset is concerned and so for me networking is quite natural if someone yep. if if i like the way someone thinks i will obviously reach out to them and i'd want to get feedback and i'd want to collaborate with them and talk to them so if you like you know if if you if you stay with that in mind that there is a purpose and that you want to meet more people who are aligned to the way you think your networking happens quite organically all right yep okay good good that's great and um so here's a great question for you in the sense that there may be several people but i'm just going to ask you to choose one who who's your favorite leader now this person could be alive or from history so who's your favorite leader and why yeah i've been asked this before i really struggle because i can't pick one leader <laughs> <laughs> i have a couple i really struggle i'm the kind of person who learns from anyone and everyone and so i struggle with this um so i won't be able to give you one but i will give you a couple i'll stick to it okay, i'll start off with indra nuyi she is the past ceo for pepsico globally she was one of the longest serving female ceos she has an american indian heritage she's consistently been on the list of the most powerful women in the world and mm. for me personally i think the heritage combined with the fact that she smashed so many ceilings makes her one of the people that i look up to even today she's just come out with something new about the care industry that she's picking up as her as her passion for the moment and it's it's just really uplifting to see leaders go i've done this what can i do next and their mindset right. is always what next so indra nuri indra nuyi for anyone for a young woman especially go check her out she's extremely inspirational someone awesome. else i look at and this is a bit out of the box but for i'm based in new zealand right and for us rugby is quite big over here and another leader i really look up to is someone from rugby so we're based in new zealand and rugby is quite big um up here in new zealand and i think this leader a few canadians might know about him as well now but i'm talking about sunny bill williams so one of the other things i've realized in the past few years that a lot of leaders are unnamed leaders they're not officially named a leader but they lead mm. in everything that they do and sunny bill williams is one of those players he's one of the best athletes we have around he's a very good rugby player just exited from rugby in new zealand and he is a leader on field and off field and that's really important i think moving forward it's not just what you do at work it's what you do outside of work as well because in this right. in this age of where social media is taking off people are watching you all the time and leaders are being scrutinized so when you look at sunny bill williams and what he does off week off field for his 
you know, people that follow his religion, people who follow have that mindset, it's, um, it's quite inspirational. So probably they're the two people <laughs> that I, I, I'll, I'll tell you about today. There's a lot more, yeah. but let's not get into that right now. Oh, I'm sure there is a lot more, yeah. And, you know, some, so two leaders that you've just shared, great, great uh, experiences and thoughts about why they've actually helped you, which is good. So the show here, Ritika, is called Leadership is Changing. When I say that terminology, what, what does that mean for you? So leadership used to be quite hierarchical and mm. it used to be quite, um, I tell you what to do and just go out and do it to the best of your ability. That is changing. It's now more about, I trust you in what you do, go out and do it to the best of your ability. I hired you because you're the best person for the job, not because right. I need to tell you what to do. And so I trust you. Um, yep. And also there's, you know, people are choosing to lead, leaders are choosing to lead as opposed to just being told, this is the next step in your career. And when leaders choose to lead, they do it consciously, whether that's people leadership, whether that's um, enabling change, whether that's growing a business, no matter how you lead, when you choose to lead, you do it with purpose. And that's changing. Yes. Right. So choose to lead, but do it with purpose. Is what you're saying? Yes. So become purposeful yeah. in everything that you do and choose to lead. Don't do it because someone says that is the natural next step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. And then so, yeah, that's that's a good point because I think a lot of leaders do feel like they're obligated, they have to go into the next one, but they may not want to. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, time and time again, I've seen people whereby they've gone and done that and really they've been a fantastic subject matter expert or they've been a fantastic <laughs> leader, but then they don't want to go any further. They're really good at what they do It is a frontline leader. As yeah. an example, right? Yeah, that, that's a good point. And I think hey, um, where, um, sorry, but but I think where you know you see the worst effect of that is is where there's someone who's become a people leader, not out of choice, but either out of necessity or because they're not given another option. And what happens is the people that they're leading can no longer perform to their best because the leader isn't inspiring the best out of them. And so it's um, and we're seeing it in a lot of large organizations right now. Yeah, it's it's a slow change, but it's it's present. Yeah, there's a, there's a gentleman out there who's written about 80 books. His name is John C. Maxwell, very good guy. Um, yes. I've been with him, you know, sort of working with him for 30 years, learning from him. And he talks about the law of the lid. And the law of the lid is whereby if you think about a, a – uh, um, I, I think of about like a trash can or a bucket uh, of, a, of a sort of like container like that and it's got a lid. So your – your skills, your organization's uh, skills, talent, and abilities is really determined by the leader's skills, talents, ta and abilities. Yes. And so if that leader's one uh, skills are limited because of that lid, yes. then no one else, everyone's going to hit their head against that lid. And, and so we have to help that leader lift their skills, talent, and right. abilities and capabilities and that so to allow the vacuum for it to everyone else to rise as well. And you're right. And so either we do that or remove the leader in other words, where you take the lid off and then everyone else can lift as well too. So you're yeah. right. I mean, it, it, it is determined by that leader as well. Hey, um, how has your business or industry changed and how has that impacted you? So that's an interesting question because as I said, I was in management consulting last. And since then, I've gone out and founded my own business. About eight weeks earlier, I was actually made redundant. So that was the impact that for instance, COVID-19 has had on my industry. Things have slowed down. And in the in the interim between 
between COVID-19 having an impact and things picking up again, obviously a lot of us have lost our jobs. As I said, me being one of them. What that has done for me is it gave me an opportunity to sort of, again, step back and see where can I use my skills best. And so personally for me, I've gone and set up a business venture because that's where I can see myself helping people. But I think it doesn't matter which industry you are in right now. The past six months especially has put a large demand on leadership. It's demanded Mm. for leaders to be better, not just in what they do, but also how they do it and in how they take care of their people. And uh, now I I work across, you know, all these different industries in, in my business, and I'm seeing the same trend across every industry. Leaders are working more than they used to before, A, because they need to pivot, our buzzword for 2020. Um, They need to find new ways of doing things, but they also need to be looking after their people now more than ever. So, yeah, yeah, I I won't be specific about any given industry, but I think across industry, the one thing I've seen change is that approach to leadership and the approach to what we're doing to take care of our people. And again, some organizations have done it so well and we're in New Zealand. So you might have seen the news. Um, I think last week, a lot of our businesses gave their half-year profits. They um, declared their half-year profits. And it was surprising to see how many of the businesses have announced massive profits and yet have taken up a large number of wage subsidies or have made a lot of people redundant. And, mm. you know, it, it, it makes you think about what's happening internally if, if there's such a contradiction in what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. So, so for a lot of people here, um, who are listeners who are listening, uh, every country has done things differently and reacted to COVID nineteen. And in the New Zealand side of things, the New Zealand government has stepped in and provided a wage subsidy to sort of bridge the gap to provide some funding for businesses. So then they're not laying people off, and um, whether through a redundancy or furlough, um, just you know taking time out right to sort of do things. So. What they've done is they've provided a wage subsidy, and now a lot of that's coming to an end. But what Riddick is just sharing is that some of these organisations have done and gone ahead and made profits. So that's just amazing, and gone off and done, made really good profits. Yet again, here they are. They're taking the opportunity to restructure. They're taking the opportunity to lay people off and also maybe do things differently too. So, you know, it is, it is really interesting to see how leaders are actually reacting to it and taking up the doing what they're doing with it as well. And I think for for me, I don't know about you, Redica, but for me, people don't forget. And yes. people will get to a situation whereby they'll see things being done and they won't forget and they'll move on to do other things. But uh, it's not a very good look, but it's also a bit silly too. So interesting. I mean, for you and me, it's easy for us to say these things, but for yes. when you're running a business, it's not always easy. Absolutely. And um, there's always a lot of uh, hard things happening for sure. Yeah. All right. If there there was one thing that you could change in business as a leader today, and as you said, you're embarking on, you know, your your own business now as well, which is pretty cool. If there was one thing you could change in business as a leader today, what what would that be? I would make businesses purpose-driven. Every business, I would make them purpose-driven as opposed to profit-driven. If you can find the gap where you can add value, and where you can help people or businesses, as opposed to making money, you will do better. With the changing demographics of consumers, for instance, more and more consumers are going to organizations which have a purpose, which have a vision, which have a mission, not just Mm. saying, 
a mission for the sake of it, but actually delivering on it. And so if, if I could, and, and that's, again, that's advice that I give all of my clients. You have to find that purpose and then deliver to that. You look at Airbnb, you look at Uber, closer to home, you look at Air New Zealand. They're all driven by a purpose. And um, yeah, so for me, that's the biggest thing. I, I, I think a lot of organizations are still in that spot where they look for profits. Right. And only 20% of what they do is purpose. 80% of what they do is profit. And that yep. really should be the other way around. Okay. So Loretica is here with me today, listeners, and we're talking about uh, certain things. And she's saying that one thing that uh, leaders or that, that could change a business as leaders today, uh, that she would change, was to be more purpose-driven versus profit-driven. And um, so some really good good thoughts there, uh, Redica. So, yeah, interesting to see that. It'd be really interesting to see how many businesses will actually step up and do that going forward. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot that will have lip service to a lot of that. But we'll, we'll see where that goes for sure. Yeah. Hey, but, and, and, sorry, I was about to say the changing um, – uh, you will begin to see that the changing demographics in the workforce will also create that change. You know, the, uh, I always say you have to be – part of the change to create change. You can't just talk about it. If you just want it, it's not going to happen. You have to participate in it. You have to be part of the change. And in, in um, you know, in I think by 2025, so in, in five years time, there'll be more millennials in leadership roles than boomers. That's what they're projecting now. And yep. I think at that point, we will see a massive shift in brands becoming mission-driven brands, brands and, and mm. purpose-driven because that's what the people who are working there will make happen. Yeah, now, now that you mentioned millennials, um, I wasn't going to mention it, but of course you've mentioned <laughs> it now. So, so, so yeah, I mean, that's. I think a lot of millennials join organisations and they want to make sure that the impact that they make or the organisation is making out there in the in the world today is really important. So I think that's where you're going with that that kind of side of things, right? Yes. Um, yeah. The the other thing I would say to you is if millennials aren't seeing that or if millennials i think today they vote with their feet they leave if they're not seeing that kind of thing or there may not be leadership that they're sort of can is is actually happening well what do you think is one or two drivers i mean i've I've mentioned we just mentioned that the impact would there be any other reasons why millennials would leave an organization absolutely and there's there's a few Increased transparency would be one. You know, if you're not, if your leaders aren't being transparent with you, if the organization isn't being transparent with you, we will get up, pack our bags and go to another organization is that is being transparent. It's as simple right. as that. You know, it's it's leadership. The expectations out of leadership are changing. The expectations out of organizations are changing. So transparency is high up. I also think, you know, we're talking about having seven careers by the time we retire. When I say seven careers, I don't mean seven different jobs, actually seven entirely different things that we'll be doing by the time we retire now. I've done, I've done three different things already, and I'm, I'm just about to turn 33. <laughs> so it's, it's, quite, it's quite mind-boggling. And what I would want out of my organization now is that they give me the opportunity to be able to stay with them, but do different things with them. And think about it. If, if you can help your employees reskill or upskill, and spend time in different areas within the business or grow as as technology evolves, you're reducing the amount of investment you need to put into new people. You're increasing the loyalty from employees. And that's what I think millennials want now. We want to be able to stay if we're given the right kind of opportunities and if organizations are transparent enough to tell us what's going to happen in the future. Yep. It's not necessarily just the money. Right. And if they don't stay... 
what do they tend to do when they leave? Do they <laughs> are they quite vocal about it or? Um, it, well, we can't forget social media. Have mm-hmm. to remember that we have things like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and whatnot now. So yes, um, we can be vocal about it. That comes down. I think it's a very personal choice, though. Some will yep. go away because it's no longer just about a brand. You know, it's also about a leader that you're working with. Sometimes you can have an absolutely amazing leader, but the larger organizational structure just isn't conducive to growth. Sometimes yep. it can be the other way around that the organization is great, but your leader isn't. So what? So we could be vocal about it depending on what's happening. But oftentimes, instead of being vocal about it on a public platform, we'll just tell our friends and we might go on a website like Glassdoor and put an anonymous review. You know, it's, right. it's, it's very easy nowadays to let people know what you feel about an organization without saying who you are. Yep. So it is. it comes down to that brand reputation. Yeah, cool. So I've got another question for you, but I might change it a bit for you because I think we're on along as a segue based on what we've just talked about. Yeah. The question normally is how has employees' ex- uh, expectations of leaders changed? But I'm going to ask you, as a millennial going into an organisation, what is your expectations of a leader? Everything that I that I just said, and I'm also thinking about it as as a leader that I might potentially hire a millennial. So I'm thinking about it from both ends. Um, sure. I would want my leader to be transparent, always. Just tell me. If, if you see that in two years' time, the role may not exist because you're bringing in new technologies, tell me so I can be prepared to do something else in two years, even if it's not with you. I would want autonomy where you trust me and so let me do the job to the best of my abilities. Don't micromanage me. Don't control me because I'm not... Yeah, if you trust me, I will return that with loyalty. Flexibility and remote working, again, it comes down to trust. If your leader trusts you, they let you be flexible. They let you work remotely. I was looking yeah. at um, on Facebook this morning. One of my friends is actually traveling around the North Island at the moment, working with one of the largest telecom providers, still working because it's outcome-driven, not ours-driven. And that's what I would want from my leaders, from my organizations that look at the outcomes that I'm delivering on. Don't look at the hours I'm putting in. Don't look at where I'm working from. Look at what the outcomes are at the end of the day. Okay, so more of an outcomes-driven focus opposed to just the hours that are done. Yeah, and I think for every millennial, and again, I can't necessarily speak for every millennial out there, but as a majority, again, it is about purpose. If you can, if I can confidently turn up to work knowing that I am having an impact in some way or another and that if there is a purpose behind it all, I will continue turning up to work. Yeah, yeah, great. No, that's good. And, and how important is it uh, for millennials today to have a strong leader? Now, I don't mean one that's a bully. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about a strong leader that has the ability to be transparent, authentic, do what you've just talked about. How important is it and, and why is it important? Very, very, very important because we are constantly learning. Right. Millennials want to learn. They take every opportunity. Again, I can't speak for every millennial, but on the whole, as many as millennial friends that I have and what I'm seeing is that we, we're constantly learning and we're learning from leaders. If we don't get the right kind of leader that we can learn from, we don't want to be with that leader anymore because we can learn from someone else. Right. So it is it is very, very important to have a leader who can champion you, that you can learn from. And at the end of the day, you go, you know, you lead by example. And so I would like to do what you're doing because obviously that's when my best work and my best foot is put forward. So yeah, having a strong leader 
is very important. I think where I know in the past where I've been let down is is on on two different ends of the spectrum. One is where the leader is a bit too strong or to the point that they're overbearing and probably right. micromanaging and that's that doesn't work. And on the other mm-hmm. hand is where a leader steps back completely and says, you know, you just I don't need to give you any guidance because you can do what you want to do. And yeah, that's it. We don't need to talk any more than 5 minutes a week. That's the other end. Neither of those work. I think you have to find that median line and that that is where that strength comes in finding that balance that's that's a really hard point i think for leaders nowadays because they've led differently in the past and millennials yep. are demanding different things well and you know i'm not a millennial but i uh, i'm the same i i don't yeah. like those two extremes and yeah. so I, i think it's been it's been around for years like that as well but i i, I see what you're saying too yeah. um, and i what i've noticed and what i've seen with the millennials is that if they don't have strong effective leaders that they can learn from us going back to your point about wanting to learn and i i see millennials are hungry to learn yes and i think that's a fantastic thing then that's important that they do have that leader who can actually help them teach them mentor them yes. take coach them take them on the journey yeah. as well to be and, the best that they can be yeah and give them opportunities to learn outside of that as well um that's that's a that's a point where a lot of organizations aren't stepping up is that they don't give their people opportunities to learn you know professional development opportunities they aren't giving them those opportunities to learn and So again, millennials are going to organizations that do give them those opportunities. Right. Yep. So um it is and and you know Dennis you and I have spoken about this before is that for me uh, I say being millennial isn't necessarily about the age it is a mindset as well. Sure. Yep. It is about having that growth mindset. It is about having that mindset to um learn from every failure, learn from every mistakes and grow from it and then do the best you can. You know, it's it's not just about being born between this year and this year it is also about how you think yeah uh, i think i'm a millennial i i i i yeah i'd i'd let you join the cult yes <laughs> <laughs> oh that's nice thank you very much yes <laughs> hey um what makes a leader successful today in this fast paced ever changing world what's what's your thoughts on that i uh, i would want a leader to be constantly learning because that's how i am If I am going to be constantly learning, I would want my leader to be constantly learning because there's so much happening around us today. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that you want a leader to to continue to learn as well? Of course. Cuz yeah. we we just spoke about a strong leader. How is a leader going to be someone that I can learn from if they aren't learning themselves? Yeah. So and I, that's Ridica I think that's so cool so key in what you just said there because there are leaders who think they have arrived I am here now I am the leader and yeah. you're right there is this constant ongoing learning that needs to happen because things are changing so fast Yes yeah. and that uh, coming back to what I was talking about Indra Indra Nuyi one of the reasons why I I respect her so much is She's been one of the longest serving CEOs. She stepped down, but she hasn't stopped. She's gone what next? Mm. What what what's new that I can learn and I can help change in the world? You know, so I I think leaders do need to be to be successful today. You need to be constantly learning. Um again, yep. you need to lead consciously, so lead with purpose. If you are a people leader, lead because you want to make people better. If you are a change maker, lead because you want to create change in the world. And then 
I know I haven't spoken much about profits and, and the commercial aspect, but I do think that's really important in a leader as well, to be able to align the commercial vision with the purpose that you have. Because you can't lead people without telling them how it is going to profit at the end of the day. Right. So right. That, I know I haven't spoken about it much, but by no means, I'm, I'm not saying it's not important. It is important, but I think the, the balance just needs to shift a bit. Yeah, great. I was going to say the exact same with you. Is that so? You mean balance, but you said it beautifully. Yeah. So it's about having that balance between both of the purpose, the impact, and and of course the the profit. Yes. Both of those things together will make major impact for for yes. people, which is fantastic. Ritika, if you can get your crystal ball out and start thinking about the future and that, and uh, where, where do you think leadership is going to go in the next five years? Hmm, that's a really good one because normally I would, if it was any other year, <laughs> I would say that is five years enough to see a change? But since it's 2020 and it's it's kind of the year where all the new statistics come around, we now know that by 2025, which is in five years, like I said before, there'll be more millennials in leadership roles than right. any other generation, which means we will see a large, um, a large scale change in leadership. I think... Every generational change brings about a change in how people think, what they do, and we're going to see that in leadership. It is going to become more transparent. It is definitely going to be about mission-driven brands, leaders with purpose. And I think more and more leaders are going to be very conscious about what is my shelf life in this organization. Ah. When I reach the point that I am not having fun anymore or that I am not contributing anything new or anything positive, they will consciously choose to step away as opposed to remaining a CEO for 25 years. Unless you're yep. constantly learning, you probably have those rare exceptions. But I think that's that we're going to see that change in five years and that will continue and that will evolve probably until Gen Zers take over millennials and leadership roles. Mm. And the same thing is, is that a lot of leaders I get to work with, they know, they knew two years ago, three years ago that they should move on, do something, and they haven't, and they've yeah. stayed. And I've gone, so, hey, yes, you've got a pay packet every week or every month, that's great, but have you actually given your best to the organisation, to this team? And yeah. probably not. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, they're ultimate professionals and they'll, they'll, they'll do that, but it's, is it their ultimate yeah. best? And you've also got to think about, is there someone, especially when you're, you know, in that, in that C-suite, in that executive, in the top tier, you, I think you have a responsibility towards the organization of the people that you lead. You need to think about, is there someone out there who can do better than I can do? Yeah. You know, and yeah. perhaps is there another role out there where I can be giving more than what I'm giving here? And then you need yeah. to make, make that happen. A lot of leaders don't have that that, that self-assurance or the security or the confidence to do that, I think that will change in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, great. So Riddick is just saying that she thinks there'll be a large-scale change in leadership. Millennials will do the takeover, uh, but they will actually be looking for more of where it'll be mission-driven, a lot more purpose side of things, while also knowing and needing to understand that profit needs to be made because that's why we're in business, to make profits, but also make the impact and so forth. So it's great. Riddika, hey, thank you for joining us on the show today. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where, where should they go? LinkedIn would be the best place to find me. So just look me up on LinkedIn under my name, and um, that's me. Awesome. Hey, Ritika, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's been a pleasure having you here. It's been awesome talking to you, Dennis. Thank you so much.
Great. Thank you. So what we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, listeners, look out for the episodes as they're being released and download them. Have a listen, put a rating, and feel, feel free to share that with your friends, your family, your network. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me on the show, or if there's a question you'd like me to ask my guests as I interview them, or if there's a question you want to ask me on my freestyle episode once a week called Ask Dennis, feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Hey, listeners, don't forget that we've released or we've actually started the Leadership is Changing Facebook group. Feel free to go onto Facebook and join that group. Other than that, uh, listeners, it's great to have you here with us on the show again today. Thanks for joining. We'll talk again soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.